fictional friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And it is not the first week of December, but it's the first week that we have an episode for December. Happy ho-ho. Happy ho <laughs> Happy holiday season, everybody. Mm. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I hope you're enjoying maybe very light snow, depending on where you live and what you're experiencing. And it's just like you're getting to that festive holiday mindset basically yeah. um lots of food lots of drinks yeah lots of people time exactly um we're in the festival holiday mindset in the sense that for the month of december instead of growing with one particular theme we just decided to be really selfish <laughs> and talk about whatever we wanted for the entire month <laughs> ha, ha. ho 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 indeed ho, ho, ho to us <laughs> so um we're kicking things off with a doozy for some reason <laughs> This and was a gift for me to yeah, put Megan so, through this. This was Shireen's idea in the first place. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but you know what? I really, I, it's been an experience and it's given me a lot to think about and a lot to talk about as well. <laughs> so I'm totally fine with it. So this week, what we're doing is we're going to be talking about basically the five most popular Colleen Hoover books. We have read all five of these. Shireen read three of them. I read two of them because she loves me and she let me read fewer. You're welcome. Yeah. And so we are going to go through each of those books. We're going to talk a little bit about them, what we think, what the sort of plot and everything it is, what we think about them, um, what we like, what we don't like, etc. And just talk about the world of Colleen Hoover and her insane popularity. Oh yeah. All you in that new adult romance fear all at the same time a little bit because like let's be real if you've been on the internet at all anytime in the past three years in the book sphere you have seen entire fucking displays of colleen hoover books Mm -hmm. it's like wild one thing i will give her is i think she has single-handedly re-kicked off the reading market (laughs) i mean at least in at least for a certain demographic i feel like that must be the case yeah yeah um if you guys don't know any... Okay, wait. Actually, you know what? Before we do this, Shireen, what's on your nightstand right now? Because I can't get into it. I'm never going to stop talking. Fair enough. Um, right now, actually, I am reading a book. I know. Everybody, <laughs> round of applause. I know. I know. Um, Snaps. Actually, I, I'm almost... I've finished it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I read uh, If He Had Been With Me. I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, you sent me a picture of the cover. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I was captivated by the story. I really liked the main character. Mm -hmm. I thought she was quirky. Um, I thought she had the perfect level of, like, naivete that you would expect in, like, a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl. Um, And it's got a really, really sad ending, though. And I was just like, wow, I just, you know, read this entire book and this was the ending. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm not going to give it away. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, If any of you were kind of like the weird kid in high school, then you'll appreciate this main character um, and kind of the stages that she goes through. So I think it's an interesting coming-of-age novel. Okay. I believe you mentioned something to me where you were like, I can't quite tell if this character is like neurodivergent in some way. I wasn't sure. And then I realized as I got towards the end that she was just extremely naive okay and i think also um because so her mom is like seriously depressed and has had like um episodes Mm -hmm. of you know attempted suicide uh trigger warning sorry everyone uh throughout the main character's life yeah i think for her it was like a defense mechanism to be a little weird Mm -hmm. um 
and I, I say weird with the most love in the world because yeah. I too was the weird kid. Um, and so I think that for her, she needed to create her own world to block out the bad things that were happening immediately in her own life. Okay. Um, and she she also starts to develop uh, her own depression mm-hmm. as the story goes on. So it's 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 an interesting story hmm. and coming of age, and it's it's well written. So cool. definitely recommend it. What about you, Megan? Um, I had recently read uh, one of the slightly more recent Reese's Book Club picks, which is Mother Daughter Murder Night. Okay. Uh, which is really Great fun. Alliteration Say there. that ten times fast. <laughs> Mother daughter murder night. <laughs> uh, which is it was like you know what it was a really fun like um, sort of whodunit type of thing. Uh, a very uh, very wealthy connected businesswoman from Los Angeles, Lana Rubicon, I believe is the last name of the family. She has she's like a real estate mogul of sorts, and she's in like late. 50s, if I'm not mistaken, has recently discovered that um, she has uh, cancer, unfortunately, and requires pretty severe treatment. She isn't able to work for quite a period of time and spends about four to five months um, living in more rural California with her daughter and granddaughter mm. um, who live like in comparison to her like a more like hippy dippy lifestyle but like her daughter's a nurse mm. who works in um, an old, like a retirement complex of some kind and she's a 15 year old granddaughter who works out um, in like the basically like the marshes nearby and like take like she works for um a tourist kind of company that like takes people out on day trips and stuff like that there that's what she does and then the granddaughter named Jack Jacqueline but they call her Jack when she's out on one of her trips um she comes across a dead body mm. and because this person was meant to have been on one of her trips the day before, like one of her uh, tours the day before, she's quickly considered a suspect. And so Lana takes it upon herself, even in her sort of convalesced state to solve the murder, basically mm. absolve her family of any wrongdoing, including mm. Jack um, and figure out what's gone on and kind of, I think reclaim some of her own power that she's lost at the same time with having been ill and oh, not wow. being able to fend for herself as much anymore. It's fun. It's like a fun whodunit. Mm. There were like parts that I found dragged a little bit in terms of like the mystery itself, but overall, like it was good. It was snappy. It was yeah. well done. I think they're making it into a movie. Oh, I'm not wow. surprised. It'll probably be like a fun either movie or mini series yeah. or something. I wouldn't be surprised by that. So hey. I love how many adaptations they're doing nowadays. Uh, yeah, it's coming guys. <laughs> the, the days of only adaptations are on their way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Um, Okay, so let's shift gears into the Colleen Hoover universe of things. If you don't know anything about this, just to give people like a little bit of background, Colleen Hoover is an American author from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, anyway, born in 1979 in Sulphur Springs, Texas, has been publishing, I believe, since the early 2010s. 20, she was originally self-publishing, mm-hmm. like in like 2010 or 2011, and then has since progressively had several of her books picked up by publishing houses. And um, during the 2021, 2020 to 2021 years of TikTok exploding, and then within that, the book talk sphere mm-hmm. blowing up. Um, had her books go absolutely fucking wild on that platform. And I think that a lot of this started 
with arguably her most popular book, It Ends With Us, mm-hmm. because a lot of people were posting TikToks of like crying right after they finished reading the book right. kind of thing. And I think that that helped kind of make, you know, it gives you the FOMO of like, well, what's this book about? I want to read it. I want to cry, apparently. <laughs> <at the end. laughs> Yo, it's a whole thing. It is. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, anyway, so it gives like, anyway, so they get to people started like this started blowing up all over the place. And then a bunch of her books, which had actually been out for a number of years, kind of blew up in terms of popularity and everything. And now she's absolutely fucking massive. There are entire table displays like entire. It's not even like a display of books in a bookstore with like six books. No, no. We're talking like 20, 30 Colleen Mm -hmm. Hoover books. And like, I don't know how this woman does it. She's like a machine. Yeah, romance romance is like another beast that way. Romance authors publish like easily two to three books a year. And Mm. it just seems to be like a totally normal thing. And I don't see that in any other genre. I find it fascinating. I think it's like, way to go, Coco. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Like, all I can say is you go, girl. I mean, listen, you know what? (laughs) We're going to have some conversations about these books, what they're about and the content of them and how we feel about them. But at the same time, at the end of the day, our opinion doesn't matter to her. She's laughing all the way to the fucking bank at this point. Like, also, I think, like, you know, got to appreciate, you know, how successful she's become yeah so good for her yeah so regardless of whatever yeah so we're gonna talk about um arguably five of colleen hoover's most popular and most talked about books particularly in the book talk sphere um we're gonna kick things off shereen you're kicking things off because you read the first of these books so what are we starting with so we're starting with all your perfects um i'm gonna give really basic little content and trigger warnings for each of these before we get started just because you should be aware that her a lot of her books cover really serious subject matter yeah how well they cover them i think is in the eye of the beholder as far as i'm concerned and how like accurately and how helpfully i guess they cover these topics um but that would be for you i think as the reader to decide how you feel about that uh so the trigger warnings for all your perfects include um cheating self-harm, depression, infertility struggles, mm. um, and miscarriage, miscarriage things yeah. along those lines, and also, like, you know, uh, grief and everything that comes along with that as well. So that's just something to be aware of. And in general, if any of this stuff is too much for you, it's totally understandable, totally normal. If you need to skip to, like, the next episode or skip further down, feel free. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Take all us right. through. <laughs> so um, All Your Perfects is from 2018, and um, it was her 16th book. Just throwing that out. Like, what the fuck, right? 16th in 2018. Um, And it's the story of Graham and Quinn. Um, They are... It kind of flip-flops back and forth in time from, like, where they are today versus where they were when they met each other. Okay. Um, And I'll, I'll start by saying... This was probably the Colleen Hoover Hoover book that I complained about the least. Hmm. Because I really appreciated the, um, I guess, psychological insight into Quinn's mind. So basically, um, current, you know, day, like right now, uh, Quinn and Graham have been married for a while. And uh, Quinn wants to get pregnant. She wants to have a baby. um, And they are struggling in their marriage because she can't get pregnant. Yeah. Um, she's had a number of miscarriages and, um, 
because it's being told from Quinn's perspective, you can see how much this whole thing is absolutely destroying this woman. Uh, she hates herself. She hates her husband. She hates the relationship. But you know that she doesn't hate him. She hates the fact that she can't get pregnant and she sees it like she can't give him a baby. Um, and she hates getting close to him because it reminds her every time that she can't give him a baby. And so, you know, they show kind of back in time when they met. Um, they actually met because they were both in relationships with people who were cheating mm -hmm. on them, oh, like okay. together with. So basically Quinn went to her ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance's apartment one day. They were preparing for their wedding. I think they were getting married like not long after. And she gets there and Graham is pacing out in the hallway um, and she doesn't know who this man is. She's like, what's going on here? And he says, I followed this guy all the way here. Uh, or I followed my, my girlfriend all the way here. Mm. I assume this is, you know, the guy that you're with is, is in there. They've been together. They've been at it for however long, you know? So her, her life completely shatters, but, um, she and Graham hit it off right away. I think there's like an interim and then they get together eventually. And so it's like, you know, big love story they it was perfect you know everything's amazing but they're having these fertility issues and so um you know it's it's a struggle a little bit to read this book because you're like oh my gosh like this is so hard for this woman to live like this mm -hmm. every day you know with this much angst and and upset and like just unhappiness and and the whole time I read it the more and more I kept you know really feeling for those women out there who must struggle this way um and who must feel this way or at least you know some sort of variation of this you yeah. know um and myself personally never have having felt that way like I don't have children but you know I I know that there's a lot of women who a it's their dream to have a baby or b they they may be struggling with fertility you know yeah. we hear about it yeah um and you know when you when you hear about it in conversation it's just kind of like a a glossing over of the topic um but reading it you really get into like the nitty-gritty of what she is feeling and so just heartbreaking uh for quinn throughout the book um graham eventually cheats on her i believe and he says that he only cheated on her because he felt like the woman who he met was like who she was before you oh, know i would want to punch that fucking guy in the face if he said that to me i'd be like are yeah. you serious yeah and it's just like you know and he he expresses to her like how heartbreaking it's been for him seeing like his wife go through this and like you know and for him it's not even that he wanted a baby he just wanted her to have a baby because that's what would make her happy you know mm -hmm. so there's clearly like a break in communication there's a breakdown in marriage um they do manage to salvage it though uh they stay together and um you know they kind of fast forward into the future where i believe they're like visiting their family um i think it's her sister and brother-in-law they moved to italy or something they moved to europe somewhere and um quinn and graham are visiting like everything's okay they you know she's got gotten past this this feeling that she has all the time and they walk into a pet shop in italy and she gets a dog you know and like <laughs> that's her baby now you know is her dog <laughs> and like me i've got a dog and i'm just like oh <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna sob here you know like <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds terrible. No, but it's just like, oh, like like the whole time okay. you're like, okay. You see, you see, that's 
that's how she fucking sells books is because you read this and you get something totally different <laughs> well, out of it. it than I, I have a dog and I'm like, of course, like that makes sense to me. You oh know? my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I don't know if I would have been able to pa- finish reading past the point where he's just like, I only cheated with her because like the way that she acted in her mannerisms reminded me of you. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, Divorce. I mean, just say that to him, but they do manage to get back together. Like, Divorce. The, the problem I have with Colleen Hoover books is that they're so easy and fast to read that I forget a lot of the details oh after. God. Like, if you ask me, like, I had to go back and reread the plot of It Ends with Us because I read it, and you were like, and then wait, I was like, well, that? that's done. Let's just put it like it's done. We're closing uh. the door on that anyway. So, so that's all your perfect. So, not my least, and uh, not actually not my. I don't hate that one to be honest okay um so the first i read two of the books and actually you know what they they're in the same universe they're repeat characters oh, in the are second they? one so i'm gonna start oh, with I've ironically yeah I, so ironically the first one that i read has repeat characters in the second one that i read oh, well that's good yeah which i was like oh yeah look at that <laughs> it took me a minute when i was reading the second one and i was like oh fuck because i read the first one like a day right. before so i was like all right right um so the first book that i read was ugly love i know that this is a really popular and really beloved book um, I had a really hard time reading the male main characters <laughs> bits of this novel. Um, oh God, I'm sorry. I should have prefaced with this, but we're going to spoil the shit out of these. Oh yeah. You might need to edit this episode and put that. In the I'm so sorry guys. I'm sorry. I feel, I feel bad, but I also at the same time we're talking about all five of them. So yeah. like we're going to spoil the shit out of these plots. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell from all your perfects, get ready friends. Oh, yeah. I'm going to spoil the entire, the I'm going to spoil the entire book right yeah. now. So Ugly Love follows a character named Tate Collins. She's recently um, moved to a new city. She's moving in with her brother temporarily while she looks for a place to live and kind of gets a job and gets things up and running properly. She's working as a nurse, if I'm not mistaken, but only part-time, so she doesn't have, like, enough money to live on her own. Doesn't matter. Anyway, on the first night that she arrives at her new apartment, her brother's an airline pilot, so he's gone a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the people who live in the same complex, I think the airport has, like, a deal with this building, so a lot of airline pilots live in the building Mm. when she arrives she goes to get into the new apartment but there's a drunk guy up against the door outside and she's like who the fuck is this let me guess future father of her baby yeah so this is (laughs) our male main character named miles archer he's also an airline pilot she finds him he's a disgusting heap of drunken sadness (laughs) um who cannot even move on his own she calls her brother who finally realizes who is outside the door and is like oh jesus okay she helps him inside he very awkwardly like is so wasted that he thinks she's someone else and grabs her hand and is like wait Rachel, I'm so sorry, Rachel, I'm sorry, and is like a gross, blubbering mess, and she's like, I don't know what's going on, but takes the time to comment that he's really hot. Well, yeah. you know, that excuse. Yeah, so that's their meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> From there, they kind of get to know each other better in like a really stilted, awkward way, and um, interspersed with Tate's narration of present day is Miles' narration of what took place six years ago when he was still in high school, because they're in their early 20s. They're quite young. Um, When he 
when basically as a high schooler, he was assigned a new student who had just started at the school to show around to the new classes. And obviously, obviously, the new student who he was assigned to was named Rachel because that's who he was blubbering about in present day. Rachel. Yeah. So he meets this girl named Rachel. And let me just tell you, I don't know if this is like a regular thing because I've only read two of these, but Colleen Hoover likes to do this thing with her male leads where they write in poetry and I don't like it. I really, I really don't like it. But it's romantic. No, okay, so I've taken the liberty of, um, I've taken the liberty with both of these books of highlighting some passages so I could go back to them later. Oh, wow. On my oh, okay. Kindle copies. You went, you went that far. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so here we go. Here it is. <clears throat> uh, my mouth forgets how to speak. My arms forget how to reach out and introduce the person oh, they're attached to. My heart forgets to wait and get to know a girl before it starts to claw its way out of my chest to get to her. Rachel, 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 Rachel. She's like poetry, like prose and love letters and lyrics cascading down the center of a page. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Just to give you an idea of what I read when I was reading this book. Wow. And I know he was supposed to be a high schooler, but never in my fucking life have I seen a high school boy speak like this, think like this, act like this. It's not possible. Wow. Yeah. So, um, in present day, Tate and Miles have an instant attraction to one another. And over time of spending a little bit of time with one another, it turns out Miles lives literally across the hall from um, Tate and her brother Corbin. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Is he a raven? (laughs) Is his last name Dallas? (laughs) Anyway. Um, Anyway, and they decide to start up... um, a physical relationship, basically. <laughs> I'm sorry. What kind of conversation was that? So you want to get physical? It was like physical. like they're like they go to like their parents' place for Thanksgiving or something. They bring Miles with them, and then something one thing leads to another in the kitchen, and Tate and Miles make out, whatever. And then so then of course they decide like, oh, we have a mutual attract- attraction to one another. They decide to start up like a f- friends with benefits thing. But of course, Miles asks for only two things: one, don't expect a future, and two, don't ask about. My my past. Oh so you just know oh. we're gonna build to this fucking bullshit for the whole book. And of course, Tate's like, oh, it's totally fine. And then one chapter later, she's like, it's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine at all. So of course, um, they go through this entire period of time with their relationship where they're like, he half treats her like shit. He basically uses her as like a human fuck toy at some point or another just because he's dealing with his own trauma. What is it? With oh, male God. trauma in these books. It's so I gross. can cure him with my vagina. Yeah. I'm so tired of this trope. Oh, it's terrible. And in the meantime, we are treated to some past experiences of Miles where he and Rachel met one another, fell in love with each other, really wanted to be together. His mother had died about a year prior to all of this. Um, and his father came home one day to tell him that he had met someone and he was going and like, you know, he wanted to introduce him. They'd been seeing each other for a little while and he was angry because he's like, mom didn't even die a year ago. Like you're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, his dad is like, here is this woman. Her name is Lisa. Here she is basically like, you know, I've brought her over for dinner kind of thing. Here is this woman. He goes to meet Lisa and then meets her daughter, Rachel. Oh, awkward. (laughs) 
awkward. <laughs> so of course they're both like, oh god, nothing can happen. But then they immediately like okay, make out it's anyway. It's not like they're like incest. No, no. But then they immediately make out anyway, even though like it's awkward. And they don't tell their parents that they know each other. Like other than from school, they don't tell their parents anything. <laughs> um, the relationship progresses between the two of them to the point where they do have sex. Um, and it continues to a point where, spoiler alert, Rachel gets pregnant. Um, at the same time, his the parents are telling them that they're going to get married. They're engaged and they're going to get married. And then they have to announce at the same time that Rachel is pregnant. <laughs> I know. So they announce that Rachel is pregnant and they don't care. They're going to be together anyway. So they like Wait, move. The parents or Miles and no, Rachel? No, Miles and Rachel. Oh boy. Um, Tate knows none of this, by the way. And let me just tell you, there are certain details that she never really learns, according to the book. Well, nobody explains oh, anything wow. to her. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they move into like student housing together. Whatever. Their parents are not okay with this, but they Clearly. do become more accepting of it a little bit over do time. They still get married because they have no choice. Uh, well, the parents do get married, as far as I remember. What yeah, the I know. Fuck? The mar- parents get married. Rachel has the baby. Okay. Is the baby Tate? Is that where we're going <laughs> no. with this? Oh okay. my god, ew, that would be weird. <laughs> no, no, Tate and Miles are about the same age, oh, right. so that wouldn't make any sense. Um, they Rachel has the baby. They're like, oh, this is going to be so great, so lovely. They're driving home from the hospital. No. They get into a car accident. The the car goes off of the bridge into the water. Miles is only able to save Rachel, and the baby dies immediately. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Wow. Um, right. And so, of course, after that point, of course, Rachel is miserable, and then she winds up, like, like Lisa and the dad, I forget his name, get divorced, um, and uh, Rachel leaves with her mother, Lisa, and they move away. And she's like, I can't be with you. I can't do this. This was too much. Whatever. And so you this was like say. seven years ago at this point. So, of course, this is why Miles is all traumatized. Although, you know what? When I was reading this and I got to this whole point, my question was, I was like, okay. I was like, so obviously this is horrible. Yeah. Like, he had a baby with this girl and then the baby was killed immediately. Yeah. And like he that's, couldn't save the baby. Yes, and he couldn't save the baby yeah. and it ruined their relationship and it ruined his life basically and that's awful. I can't yeah. even fucking imagine that. Why did we need to add the caveat of her being his stepsister to that? Like, was it not traumatizing enough? <laughs> was it not bad enough? Like Colleen! What? What were you doing? <laughs> Why? Why you do this? What the fuck? So anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, in the, uh, in the, of course, in the present, Miles is kind of an asshole with Tate and he ruins everything because he won't like progress anything with her. He won't do anything with her. He won't talk to her about anything. So of course they split. And then he goes to see Rachel because wherever the hell she is, he goes to see her and she's basically like, oh man, are you like, I was able to work through that kind of thing. Are you still like <laughs> holding on to that this whole time? This like seven years later, bro, you should really move, move on, on from that. So then he's immediately healed. No therapy required. Oh my God. Goes back to Tate and they get together. End of book. Thank you very much. That was ugly love. <laughs> I read the best books of all of them, I think. I don't know. I got a doozy coming up next. (laughs) That was ugly love, everybody. Um, It was 
hilariously bad, terribly bad. But in a way, like, I didn't hate all of the stuff between Tate and Miles when it was happening. I hated all of the stuff with Rachel because it was all Miles' viewpoint. And it was so weirdly written. I hated it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was insane when at places that it just didn't need to be. And I finished it and I was like, what? <laughs> but it's nothing compared to my second one. But we're going to get there. All right. Well, you know, I take your ugly love. And I raise you Verity. So, Wait a minute. Sorry, I didn't give the content warnings last time. Trigger warnings for Verity. Abortion, child violence, murder. Just so you know. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so Verity was the second Colleen Hoover book that I read. So the first one I read was It Ends With Us, which I'm going to be talking about. We'll talk about it. Which I hated, by the way. Um, <laughs> All I, you people who are hoping she's going to say she loved it. Well, I hated that one, which then begs the question of why I keep reading these books. I don't know. Um, you've read three of them. I've and read, I'm, and no, now I've like, read more than three. No, I've you? read three of them. And we were talking yeah. about this earlier, and I was like, I need you to read these ones that I read now. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Anyway, so for Verity, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Um... If you don't want any spoilers for Verity, I recommend you skip forward because Verity is the only, well, in this episode, this is the only thriller, and I'm using air quotes here, mystery thriller, um, (laughs) and the twist is like ghastly. Anyway. I need to know what it is now. I need you to walk me through it. So basically, uh, the main character, Lowen Ashley. God. um, (laughs) Also, the names of the characters. I swear to God, like, Coho, do you, like, AI generate your character names? Like, I gotta know. (laughs) So, Lowen Ashley is, like, uh, she's a writer who's kind of down and out. Um, Her mom died a few months before. Her books are not selling, and she's about to be evicted from her apartment. So, things are not good. Then she gets a weird meeting with her agent and she learns that she's been hired by um, Jeremy Crawford who is the husband of the extremely popular Verity Crawford Um, and he wants to hire Lowen to finish writing uh, the series that Verity had been writing um, because she's too injured to continue writing so in this universe everybody knows who Verity is she's like you know kind of like think as big as JK Rowling Mm kind of thing it's like if JK Rowling got and also side note like we don't love her anymore Uh, we don't love a transphobe Um, but it's as if you know JK Rowling or Colleen Hoover got into some sort of injury knock on wood we hope that doesn't happen and could not finish a book series that everybody's waiting for you know so Jeremy Crawford has read some of Lowen's books and feels that she can capture kind of the essence of Verity's writing style. So Lowen's like, cool, I'm going to do it. Like, I need money. This sounds great. Um, And so she goes to stay at the Crawford house. And so if you listen to our whole whole month on gothic yeah i think we're trying to do a bit of a gothic feel it does sound that way i was gonna say like you know like talk about a sick and a ghost story and the ghost writer part of things like right so she goes to stay in the house um and you know jeremy's there uh they have a little boy and uh verity is also there but she's in a uh room with and she's got nurses and stuff and she's basically um I believe she's, like, in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, Jeremy says to Lowen, you know, go through Verity's office. She's got notes. She's got stuff that you can read that you can pull from for her books. 
So um, as she's going through this office, she finds an unfinished autobiography that details like the deaths of her twin daughters. Um, so this is like a big trauma that's happened. The twin girls died and then Verity was in a car accident that put her into a coma or into a, uh, a state where she can ba- barely move, basically. Mm-hmm. So like this dad has been through like he's the been through it. Yeah, I was gonna here, say. And he's like trying to be there for his son. But like, come on now, like who can go through all that and then still be like, I'm gonna be a stand up dad here. Like, wow. <laughs> um, so, like, there's other disturbing stuff in here, but anyway, so, Lowen knows that she probably shouldn't read this autobiography, but she does anyway, so there's kind of, like, this flip-flop between, like, the autobiography from Verity's point of view, mm-hmm. and then what Lowen's, like, observing in the house, and so, she doesn't want to show Jeremy this autobiography, because it's horrible, basically, mm-hmm. um, so, um, yeah, so basically, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, very graphic like sex scenes in this autobiography between Verity and her husband Jeremy um she like worships his dick at some point like it's just weird um you know and like you're just like okay then um so it keeps it keeps going but as we're like going through this story and as Lowen we've lost We're trying to be serious here, but I guess. now I'm picturing like a whole ritual now. It's really good. Worshipping the There dick. would just be a lot of dick-shaped candles. <laughs> or Edward's ice pee-pee. Oh. Shout out to our raddies and the Twilight shit posting group. Oh my um, god. Anyway, so, so um, yes. Yeah, so as like all this story is going down, you know, we're progressing through a timeline here. There are little things happening that are, like, kind of weird. Um, and so at first, Lowen thinks that it's, like, a trick of the light or she's not seeing things properly. But it becomes more and more apparent that Verity is actually very mobile and very able to uh, get around the house and she's not mm. comatose at all. Um And so, uh, you know, eventually, like, it just, it, like, it keeps going. Um, It's a, it's supposed to be a thriller. It's supposed to be, like, kind of like a horror story, kind of creepy. But, like, it's, it's, like, interesting because you're, like, oh, what's going to happen, like, in the end here? But at the same time, you're, like, okay, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's, like, I get what we were trying to do here, but, like, you're, like, okay, like, fine. And it's, it's one of those thrillers that, like, when you finish it, like, it's not very memorable. Um, so, yeah, so, like, and I think it's because Lowen and Jeremy are just not really great characters, to be honest. Um, so, and also, like, there's, like, a lot of mystery built up around Lowen about, like, her upbringing and where she comes from, and this is why she can, like, connect so well with Jeremy and his trauma. And does it, like, never really come to fruition never actually tells us what happened to lowen ever (sighs) um so yeah so it just goes on and then um basically um yeah like basically like what happened was within a year his twin daughters died Mm -hmm. and then his wife attempted trigger warning suicide to end up brain dead basically that's kind of what happened okay um now then everything and if you've read about this on tiktok you might have heard about this letter because um lowen and jeremy like eventually like fall in love and they start boinking and lowen's like hey bud like i'm gonna show you this autobiography because it's filled with horrible things that your wife wrote and jeremy kills verity 
Oh he, my god. <laughs> he, I believe he suffocates her with a pillow. Oh my god, that's fabulous. Because he's like, oh, you, you did this right. to my daughters, so like, I'm gonna kill you. Um... They find a letter afterwards. Um, when Lowen, so fast forward like a few months later, Lowen is pregnant. They're living happily ever after, and they find a what letter. What is it with Colleen Hoover books and fucking pregnancy? They um they find a letter in Verity's room, or actually Lowen finds the letter mm-hmm. um, that says that Verity uh, wrote that autobiography as a writing exercise yeah and none of it is real yeah and so lowen's like well i can't show jeremy this because he literally killed her over this oh writing God. exercise uh let me just tell you right now um spoiler alert colleen hoover likes to repeat her tropes in yeah. books and i'm gonna explain to you with my next one how that's the case yeah. so um so yeah not a memorable one the elements were there for it to be good like kind of a little gone girl but it just didn't hit the mark because there was no like redeeming like verity so does she just like like, ignore that and then be like okay well we're just gonna go live the rest of our lives yeah pretty much that's it pretty much like wow i think so like i might be getting some plot points wrong here because i'm I'm remembering it wrong but like mostly that's pretty much it like it's (laughs) It's very much like, I think at one point, like, there's a bite mark in the headboard because Verity bit it so hard when she was having sex with Jeremy. Like, it's like, there's all these things where it's like, oh yeah, sex is sexy. That sounds so unpleasant for your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like, you know, I don't know, man. Like, like the whole thing with the kids, if, anyway, there was just too many elements in it that it could have been good, but it should have been a little different. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah okay book number four of our list of five and yes we're gonna get to it ends with us blah 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 you already know shereen didn't like it so really like, anyway. <laughs> stay here though. book number four um i kind of i finished it the day before we recorded this episode and i put my ipad down and then kind of had to like look into whether or not she wrote this as farce but it turns out she didn't (laughs) um but just the convolutedness of all of this made me feel like i had to check okay so i checked um the second book that i read was november nine yeah nine not ninth nine no nine is there insight into why no, oh, it's okay. just what it th- like. It's just what it's. That was really the there's only thing, a, the only male thing main I character's writing a book and he calls it November nine. That's what it is. That's it. That's okay. it. Okay. The trigger warnings, by the way, for this book um, include uh, like PTSD, suicide, self harm, um, like grief, death, all that stuff. Mm. Uh, so just be aware of that and like manipulation and gaslighting in a way that I just don't know how to explain until I explain the plot of the novel. Fair enough. Okay. So, um, this book follows, I find, slightly younger characters. They're 18 years old. Oh, wow. Um, the female main character's name is Fallon O'Neill. She is living in Los Angeles. She was a former kind of up-and-coming, um teen actress basically she'd been on a tv show for a couple of years but when she was 16 years old which is two years prior to the beginning of the novel she was uh involved she was in her father's house when it basically accidentally caught fire and she was really badly burned on one side of her body so she's got like scars particularly on her body but a little bit on her face as well and unfortunately of course la being la she was replaced on her Mm. tv show and she hasn't really done anything since then 
she deals with a father who doesn't know how to handle this trauma and stuff well at all. I think harbors guilt for it, but goes about things in just like the worst way possible. I don't think he knows how to articulate correctly mm. that like he does feel a lot of guilt other than to say I'm sorry mm. he doesn't um and he, so he takes it out on her in like really negative ways because he's also an actor mm. and I think it was on a popular tv show but he's like a has-been it was like over 10 years ago and now you know still kind of just lives off the hype and the fame even though he doesn't have a whole lot going for him anymore right uh, on an evening out with her father having dinner when he's explaining to her that he's, you know, the man in, like, his 50s is about to marry, like, a 24-year-old because she's pregnant with his baby or whatever, um, and is being shitty to her about, like, guys not, like, paying attention to her and blah, 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 when, like, I don't She's dealing with oh horrible, scarring, and traumatic terribleness from this fire oh that occurred God. two years ago. I know. Disgusting. He's horrible. Um, a cute guy who she spotted at the diner earlier named Ben slides over here's the conversation obviously slides into the booth and pretends to be her boyfriend okay. to get her dad off her back basically wow and performs like a bit of a meet cute that way mm. and is me like rude to her dad in turn and everything like that and the dinner ends kind of awkwardly and so progress so begins basically the relationship between Fallon and Ben um this is the first November 9th of all of the November 9ths that we jump ahead to in each individual portion of the novel. Oh, it's kind of like that one, uh, what was it called, One Day? Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, um, November, November 9th, two years prior, is the day of the fire, just so everybody's aware. Mm. That's why. So for her, it's like her anniversary mm. of when all of this happened to her. Um, ben is fucking weird and horrible and i hate him very much from the first <laughs> moment that he starts speaking i don't like him and i'm gonna read you some things that i more excerpts yes Yay. you're welcome <laughs> just to give everybody an idea um within maybe the second or third page of the first chapter of ben's narration when he says that he's when he like first was looking at Fallon to begin with when he saw her she went to the bathroom in the restaurant and came back out again I wish I could say I'm mentally preparing a brilliant apology but I'm not I seem to have a one track mind and that track leads straight to two of the things I shouldn't even be thinking about right now her boobs both of them I know I'm pathetic but if we're just gonna sit here and stare at each other it'd be nice if she were showing a little cleavage instead of wearing this long sleeve shirt that leaves everything to the imagination it's pushing 80 degrees outside she should be in something less convent inspired Ugh, the worst when this girl is insecure and covering up scars from like this horrible accident that happened to her show your boobs this is one of the first things that he says and they this is played off throughout the entire novel as him being like i think you're beautiful and you shouldn't be ashamed of it but the way that he speaks to her about it is fucking disgusting and he does it the whole way through the whole way through. Wow. wow. Yeah. I was so relieved, I tell her, because I could tell that with that one simple movement, you were really insecure. And I realized, since you obviously had no idea how fucking beautiful you were, that I just might actually have a chance with you. And so I smiled, <gasps> because I was hoping that if I played my cards right, I might get to find out exactly what kind of panties you were wearing under those jeans. This is the way this person speaks. <laughs> Are we supposed to be, like, swooning over and this she's Oh, my God. She is immediately so enamored with this guy. Oh. And it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. They go back. Anyway, 
they decide that they're like, you know, they're like playing it as a joke of like, well, you know, I guess since we're dating, we should have like a little like, you know, whatever, like we should go out on a date or whatever. So she takes them back to her apartment that she shares with her roommate or whatever. She's also keep in mind, it's November 9th. She's actually moving to New York City the next day. Oh, okay. Um, because she wants to go try to do Broadway work and stuff instead of working in Hollywood anymore makes sense they decide they're gonna go to dinner they have all of these weirdly intimate conversations for people who have known each other for about an hour and a half that i just don't think you would have with someone um they go back to her place he makes them a reservation for dinner and then like you know like looks through her closet with her because she's like oh god it's a nice place what am i gonna wear and of course she goes to pick out something because she's still dealing with all the trauma of this she goes to pick out something with longer sleeves that covers her more because she finds that people stare at her in public because of the scarring that she has um but of course he picks out an older dress that she has that's I think like sleeveless or something and shows off like a lot more of her that way here's my passage from that part of the book I'm sorry I highlighted so much Um, his eyes fall to the dress he initially picked out and he pulls it off the hanger and shoves it at me but I want you to wear this one I shove the dress back at him I don't want to wear that I want to wear this no he says I'm paying for dinner so I get to choose what to stare at while we eat yeah no yeah You see what I mean? I was is like, there like a following online who likes this guy. I was like, like is this a book? Are a, we missing is this something? A joke? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, they have all these conversations about stuff. He's writing. He's like a writer. He's trying to write a novel. Mm. And of course, he decides he's going to write a novel about her. At the end of the first evening, the first night, she's like, "Well, I'm so she's literally leaving in the morning. She has to go." And she tells him, "She's like, let's not exchange numbers. Let's not follow each other on social media." Mm. Next November 9th, like, you've basically made my night, which, like, based on the conversations I've shared with you, I don't know why. Um, Anyway, uh, let's meet back up at the same place next year and just see how we're going. So, of course, we jump forward to the next November 9th. They meet up again. Oh, they do. Of course. Yeah. No, they do. They do. They meet up again, um, and they have, like, a nice night together. And everything. Is that the time that they have sex or is it the year? No, it's the year after that. Sorry. I see. Um, you know, so she's she's still struggling in New York. He's still struggling with writing the book and he won't show her what it is that he's writing exactly. Like he won't show her what the story is. Mm-hmm. Jump forward to the following year. He's meant to be going to New York to meet her. And he calls her on the day of and he lets her know that unfortunately um, she had been to the house that he shared with his brothers the previous year and met um, his two brothers and his sister-in-law who had just been married to one of his brothers and she was pregnant with their first child. Right. Um, He calls her the following year to tell her, or no, she wasn't pregnant yet, sorry. (laughs) Um, He calls her the following year to tell her that he wanted to make it but he couldn't because his, uh, I think, second oldest brother had been killed in a car wreck two days earlier. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And and when his wife was going to have a baby like any oh, week geez. now kind of thing, like very, very, very heavily pregnant. Um, so she's like, oh, my God. She decides to go to L.A. to see him because she did. She didn't have the phone number, but she has the address um, from his place because she'd been there the year prior so she goes to see him they have this you know like wonderful reunion they have sex that night Mm. um it's gross she's a virgin because she's like you know again she had to deal with a lot when she was 16 so i don't think that she felt comfortable like getting naked around someone and stuff for a period of time which is normal and understandable um also i'd like to throw in a little caveat here every single one of these books that deals with these really triggering things that we've mentioned not once do i see a mention of anybody going to therapy and it bugs me it bugs me as a matter of fact i believe that uh in it ends with us there's a 
specific passage that literally says that therapy doesn't help people. And I'm like, I do recall that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all right. uh, That's what what's his face says. Um, Yeah. Ryle. Ryle. We're going to get to it (laughs) anyway. Um, so they have sex that night and then decide that they really want to be in a relationship, but she sees how much he needs to be there because he says he's going to move to New York, but she sees how much he needs to be there for his brothers. Um, and for his sister-in-law, who's now a widow and about to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how much they're going to need each other and everything. So she's like, no, we, we can't do that. We need to just go back to the original plan. Don't move to New York. Next November 9th, we'll get together. And that's what we'll do kind of thing. He takes this as her ending everything, even though that's not what she says. Although, um, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Just only meet once a year forever? for f- They're saying it's for five years because her mom has this thing with her where she's like, you shouldn't fall in love until you're at least 23 because that's Ugh. when her mom and her father split yeah. up and stuff and she got that pregnant with Fallon, like yeah. all that shit. Anyway, whatever. Um, so it's supposed to be until they're 23. So they're supposed to do it for five years and he's supposed to finish his book within that time. Right. Um, they, anyway, so she leaves and of course he's heartbroken and for some reason, even though she says like, you know, I'll see you next year, he takes that to mean that she's split up with him. Hmm. Fast forward to the next year, goes to meet him. He shows up with his nephew, technically the little one, who he's like, well, she had to, you know, Jordan there, his sister-in-law had to go to work, so I'm watching the baby and stuff like that, whatever. Um, They start to have a conversation. She sees the way that the kid is with him, hears the way he talks about certain things, and then very quickly realizes he's gotten together with his sister-in-law in that year in the interim. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And is like, what the fuck? And he still meets up with her? Yeah. And is and because he, in his brain, he convinced himself that she'd ended things the year before, but if she wanted to see him this year, then she would be maybe happy for him that he'd moved on. And she's like, I didn't tell you to fucking move on, did I? I told you that you needed to be there with them, but we would see each other next year. Oh, if y'all could see my face right oh, now. Oh, this character is the fucking... They're, like, they're both pretty terrible, but honestly, Ben is horrid. Good horrible. Lord. So anyway, so of course she leaves like completely heartbroken because she's like, oh my, oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So she leaves completely heartbroken. Again, they don't see each other after this for again another year within that year actually she's actually moved back to los angeles i think maybe two months prior um and she's kind of gone on on a date on like a few dates with different guys there's one guy that she's kind of seeing she goes out with her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend or not Mm -hmm. her roommate a former roommate her best friend anyway and her boyfriend one uh, on that night they go out clubbing so that it like takes her mind off of things um ben shows up at the club oh my god which isn't explained at first until you realize that the the best friend's boyfriend he showed up at their apartment earlier in the day asking for her and he was like oh he's funny i felt bad so i told him where we were gonna be tonight and her friend's like what the fuck is wrong with you boy so stupid yeah so and of course you know it's almost immediately like at first he's like kind of an idiot but almost immediately they have a conversation and then basically start making out and i'm like okay what? yeah Is and he's still with no he's so he's not with her because of course they both realize that he was just using it to get over her and she was just using it to get over his dead brother this i'd like to reiterate so that why is everything so messy in oh this my book? oh it's gonna get worse oh god i need to walk you through plot point by plot point what happens after that so they decide that they're gonna be together they go back to his place they spend the night together lovely lovely in the morning she wakes up before he does and she finds the manuscript of the book that he's been working on that he says he's 
no longer working on I just want you. I don't, it doesn't matter, whatever. She finds the manuscript of the book and starts reading it. At first, she thinks all of this is a lie, but as she goes through all of this, her mother winds up reading part of it. It's so complicated to explain this entire situation because when she reads like four pages of this, she leaves, but then she winds up reading the entire book later when he brings it to her. So I just want to explain to you the whole story. So, six years ago... Um, six years ago, uh, Ben, um, neither of his brothers were home. One brother was like in college or something. And the other one, his oldest brother. So his, his oldest brother is the connecting character between ugly love and November nine. Miles. No, his name is Ian actually. And he's another airline pilot who's friends with miles and he's in ugly love as like a minor character and miles and Tate after their, um, their brother dies in November 9th. They show up at the house to like see them and you oh, know I give see. their condolences, help them through things, all that kind of stuff. And Tate is pregnant, of course. Uh, of course she is. <laughs> so, and Miles is treating her like a princess. And you're like, okay. <laughs> anyway, so six years ago, um, uh, Ben was home by himself with their mom at their house that's it kyle who's the brother who died in the car wreck several years later and ian who's the airline pilot ian was out of town because he was working kyle was i think at college so he was like in his dorm or something um he woke up in the then wakes up in the middle of the night to a noise like a really loud noise that he hears uh which trigger fucking warning sorry guys eventually unfortunately he discovers that their mother took her own life oh my god she shot herself in the bathroom anyway so he finds her body and calls his brother calls 911 all that kind of stuff within the same period of time uh within like a day basically he starts going through he starts going through um emails of hers like he goes onto her computer because he's like why would she do this like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't understand goes through her computer and everything and finds email exchanges between his mother and fallon's father the actor oh boy and sees that they were obviously in a relationship together in his 16 year old idiot brain makes the assumption that this donovan her dad must have i guess broken up with her broken her heart mm. done something so was like mm, i'm gonna go find this fucking guy so takes off in the middle of the night to go looking for this donovan o'neill tracks down where he lives do you see where i'm going at yep Okay. Tracks down where I'm going. <laughs> Tracks down where he lives. Uh, sees him outside, like, with his car. Actually sees Donovan get a phone call to, I think, tell him about, the like, the suicide of right. this woman that he was in love with, from what we're understanding. He looks very upset, visibly shaken. Goes inside to of his house, but is, had been, like, tinkering with his car in the driveway. And, of course, Ben, 16-year-old dumbass that he is, is like, oh, do you know what would be a good idea if I set his car on fire? <gasps> Turns oh. out... But of course, there was no contained anything. So Ben started the fire at the house that caused Fallon to be disfigured the way that she is and injured. Fallon reads this. Please don't tell me that she ends up staying with him. (laughs) Please don't tell me that. I can't even listen to the end of this episode. Yep. So, okay, but it gets worse. Ugh. Oh, it gets worse. So, of course, he's driving away because he thinks he's just set the car on fire, drives away, and then, of course, sees that the flames are really big, like, in his rear view, and he's like, oh, my fucking God, what did I do? Goes back to the house. Kyle is like, what the fuck is going on? What did you do? Tells Kyle. Kyle was the only person who ever knew what happened because no one saw him there. Right. Um, and was like, we're never telling anyone about this. That's it. And so years, like, in the future, when... Fallon had been with Ben at his house and Kyle had showed up. He was like, 
And he took Ben into the other room and they got into like a physical altercation and Fallon was like, why are they fighting? That's why they were fighting because Kyle was like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah. Jump. And Kyle's the one who dies? Yeah, Kyle's the one who died in the car wreck. So then he, so then Ben ends up boinking his wife. Oh God! I know. What a horrible person. I know. Okay. So down first, with Ben. Fallon finds all of this and just like it destroys her completely. Obviously. Um. And then and then on top of that, of course, Ben is like, "Well, I needed to. I can't. Like, you know, I did it. It was a bad idea, but I needed to do it because, like, he like he broke mom's heart. Oh, he's why that she. Makes sense. He's why she killed herself. He needed to pay. And Kyle's like what and he's like here we found a suicide note from mom it turns out mother had ovarian cancer and she was rapidly declining and did not want her kids to have to pay her medical bills and see her fade away so she decided to take her own life oh wow at that time so literally donovan didn't really do anything to her in fact it seems that he actually was in love with her oh wow at the time um and yeah, so he set that fire for no reason. Wow. And Fallon was injured for no reason at all. Um, she has this whole like trauma moment about it before she's read the whole thing where she understands why he did what he did. Okay, there her, is no why he did. I know. What he did. Her mom reads all of this and then tells her that she should read the whole thing before she jumps to any conclusions which i'm like mom what wow she reads the whole thing somehow feels heartbroken for him and they get back together at the end of the book i'm never reading this okay no, i'm not reading there this you garbage. go um oh. yeah that's november 9 i don't i thought that i didn't understand i didn't know what to say i got to the end of the book and i was like what <laughs> Why? Why do we for? Why are all these female characters so forgiving in these books? I don't know, but they are. But like to a degree that I I, I can't I can't explain. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other yeah. than like I didn't understand what was going on. And then I got to the end of the book and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, that was November nine. Sorry guys, that probably should have been the last book and what we're talking about. But we have another one. So, <laughs> so we have one more, which I think. November 9 is arguably, by the sounds of it, the worst. Um, <laughs> so, it ends with us. Um, no, it starts with us. No, it, it ends, ends with, with us. us. Oh my god, I get so confused between the two of us. The one with the pink cover. It ends with us, the blue cover. Yeah, it ends with um, us. So, it ends with us. Um, is from 2019? 2016? 2016. So, this was kind of way back when. Um... Really, really popular Colleen Hoover book. I think, I'm telling you, I think the first one that made her really popular yeah. on Book Talk when it became, like, a thing. And I guess, you know, I will preface by saying I understand why a lot of people like this book. Uh, I understand why there was a whole thing about, like, people crying at the end of this book. Um, it does end on a message of hope, unlike the one that Megan just talked about. Oh, my God. Yeah, dumpster fire oh, problems. Gee, it's such a dumpster fire. So <laughs> the trigger warnings for It Ends of Us are very much like domestic violence-related, yeah. um, self-harm, things like that. So just be aware of that. Yeah, I think I was really frustrated throughout this book with the character. Um, but I guess, you know, you can kind of understand a lot of the reasons why she is the way she is. So... Lily Bloom um, is the main character who owns a flower shop. <laughs> um, very cute. Um, is it? Oh. Yeah. Um, she, uh, so her father recently died. Um, 
her father had always been very abusive towards her mother so growing up and this goes kind of back and forth so you a lot of these coho books do a lot of this back and forth stuff Mm -hmm. um so yeah they have a lot of um like dual pov yeah going on um and so like you see a lot of like in the past you know uh lily seeing her dad um abuse her mom uh like physically abusing her um i believe he went at her with a knife at some point like it's pretty graphic overall um Anyway, um, and when she was younger, she had been in love with this guy, Atlas Corrigan, uh, who left to be in the military, and he promises that he's going to return to her. What a stupid name. Sorry. (laughs) The characters in this book have stupid names. Anyway, um, so, you know, while, like, you know, life is going on, Atlas is at war, she meets a neurosurgeon named Ryle Kincaid. And once again, I must ask, do you use AI to generate your character names? I'm sorry, could we not pick between Ryan and Kyle? So well, we're we like, needed yeah. two frat boys. Do you know what we could do? <laughs> he was he was such a frat boy God. that we went with both. Um, so Ryle is a neurosurgeon. He's like mysterious. There's something dark about Ryle's Oh, God. Um, But Lily and Ryle are, like, really attracted to each other. Like, a lot of physical attraction. um, And it's a lot of back and forth between them. But, like, primarily it's a physical attraction that they've got going on. Um, Ignore the doggo shaking in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Ozzy is not impressed with... With Ryle, and he fucking shouldn't be. And he shouldn't be. Um, So, you know, Ryle makes it very clear that he's only interested in a casual fling because he's dark and he's misunderstood. (laughs) I love that you always sound like you have a cold when you say it. Um, We don't really know why Ryle is the way he is. For no fucking reason, that's why. Well, we do find out later on, and it's one of those, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway, um, so they don't really, like, pursue much of a relationship, um... Um, Lily opens up her her flower shop. She does want commitment, um, but like, you know, Ryle's not into it. So she kind of continues with her life, opens up her flower shop. Um, And uh, anyway, eventually they decide to start a relationship because it's like, okay, we've been doing this for a while now, so let's go. Anyway, um, at some point, like, Ryle drops, like, a casserole or something, and Lily laughs because it's not a big deal, and he pushes her very, like, with a lot of force out of the way, and I think she falls to the ground, and I don't know if she hurts herself, but she's really shocked by this, um, because she's, like, seen her parents, you know, go through this Mm -hmm. for years and years. Um, She's pretty horrified, uh, but she decides, you know what, they're different. This isn't the same thing. Like, you know... um, Unfortunately, those delusions that we like to tell ourselves. Right. Um, So she accepts his apologies, but she does say, you know, if ever you hurt me again, I will leave you. I really find that if you have to say that even once in a relationship, you better get out of there right now because it's a slippery slope. Um, so, uh, you know, fast forward, things are going okay between the two of them. Um, they're eating at a restaurant and Atlas works there. And so Lily sees Atlas and, uh, you know, she kind of reconnects with him. She's super happy, super happy to see him. And Ryle gets extremely jealous, uh, instantly 
shock. Um, and you know, she's saying like, you know, this is somebody from my past. Like he's only a friend, like we were not together or whatever. But, um, you know, Ryle is like really aggressive. He, I think he kind of kicks off in front of Atlas. And so, um, yeah, uh, Atlas notices that Lily has a number of injuries at this point. Um, and so he gives her his phone number to say like, you know, if, if ever anything happens, like call me again, like, come on now, red flags, Lily, get out of there, you know? Um, unfortunately, they eventually get married. Um, so Lily and Ryle get married. They have a marriage. Like, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, like, they're marriage, married. I guess. Um, like, I think throughout this book, I was so mad at her because I was just like, you literally watched your, your mom get abused yeah, but over I think and over. That that's a but really- I think it's just like, it's just what happens, I think, right? Yeah, like, I think it's really. I think, unfortunately, the our knee jerk reaction is to get angry and question why won't you just leave? Why won't you just do that? Get out of there, whatever yeah. it is. But then you really do have to kind of like stop sometimes and walk that back and try to at least understand a Put world in that person, not shoes. necessarily as that exact person, but at least understand a world in which like potentially you would have a different reaction than what you think you would oh, in 100%. a similar circumstance. And I think that in these cases, like again, Colleen Hoover explores a lot of like psychological traumas that people do go through that are not necessarily always talked about in books. And she does it in a very like real way where I think it's supposed to trigger anger in you to be like why are you doing this and but it's the reality like this is what happens but I don't think personally just based on what I've heard and what I've read myself I don't think that she handles the working through of said trauma well at all I don't think that there's any real work through the work through for her is romance and that is just not realistic I agree at all like I think that that's where the line needs to be drawn with these books is like it's very serious subject matter and I struggle to have any level of like sympathy for like the male characters who are behaving in a certain oh, I, way. I don't like any of them um, all of them in all of these books i'm like no fuck that guy well let's say you know so like you know i wanted lily to get out of this i wanted her to not even go towards atlas like i just wanted her to be okay on yeah. her own as i was reading this mm-hmm. um and so uh you know they're married uh ryle finds atlas's phone number and he assaults lily um, like fully beats her up, um, and then he confesses why he's so dark oh is God. because when he was a child, he shot and he killed his brother. <laughs> why do we know why? I think they were playing with a gun. Well, like yeah. I think it was just a gun that was like lying around. Oh my like, God. You know? <laughs> okay, um, I'm not laughing about this. This is just insane to me as nuts. the plot for a novel. Okay, it's nuts that you marry somebody and then you find this out later. And, like, also, he's beating you to a pulp. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's got this I'd also just like to be like, hi, hello, can we please, can you explain to me the correlation between you accidentally shot and killed your brother as a child and you're beating up your wife now? Uh, well, I think the explanation is that he has trauma that causes him to have rage-filled episodes. No, no. Yep. No. Yep. That's garbage. Yep. <laughs> such bullshit. So, That's such bullshit. Oh, my God. Yep. So, um, Lily, who's like, oh, I can change him, uh. reconciles with him, um, and then fast forward a little bit in the future, he finds, I think, some diaries that she had when she was a kid about how much she loves, um, 
not a kid, but like, yeah, younger, Mm -hmm. about how she loves Atlas. And so he beats her up again. Um, So she like, you know, escapes the house. She runs away. She calls Atlas. He takes her to the hospital and she finds out that she's pregnant um, with Ryle's child. Because, of course, Ryle couldn't just be out of her life now. That would No. Be. No, that would... I, I remember reading this and being like, yes, like, he's done. He's Fuck out. This and, guy. of course, she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, so she keeps... Decides to keep the child and decides to keep it a secret from Ryle. Because um, she's like, I can't tell him about this. Like, he has beat me up one too many times now and I'm not going back. So um, she stays with Atlas for a little bit, but then eventually moves back home because Ryle is at a conference or something out of the country. Um, You know, Atlas is like, I'm still in love with you, but I know that you're married. Like, leave him, be with me. Um, I truly believe that Lily needed to not be with either of these men, not because anything was wrong with Atlas, but I think she needed to work on her. Um... Anyway, so, uh, you know, there's kind of a moment of clarity where Lily realizes what her mother went through all those years. Because the other thing is that this whole book is laced with, you know, when they're doing the flashbacks of when um, her mom was getting beat up and Lily was watching this, she was extremely angry at her mother Mm -hmm. for allowing this to happen. Um, And so, and then Lily's just going through it herself. So she kind of has this moment of clarity where she's like, I get it. Like, I understand why you went through this, basically. Um, And she talks to her mom about it. Anyway, Ryle comes back. Uh, She kind of forms, like, a, you know, partnership with him uh, to allow him to help her through the pregnancy. Um, But she's very distant from him emotionally. I think this realization that she had about, like, her mom versus her like the parallels Mm -hmm. between it i think she realizes that like it's just not gonna work basically um and uh she gives birth to a daughter um and then after giving birth i think at the hospital she just has this epiphany where she realizes that she does not want to continue this cycle she doesn't want ryle she doesn't want to be with ryle she'll co-parent with him but um basically it ends with it us. ends with us yeah you know like uh she's gonna break the cycle she's not gonna allow it so i would have been really happy if the book had kind of ended there because i'm like oh, thank god like i wasn't like sobbing like people on tiktok no but th- like, yeah. that is like a good like okay yeah like, it's like good it ends with us pointing like, out like yes domestic yeah. violence is wrong and no you no remaining with a partner yeah. like that is unhealthy exactly but then there's an epilogue and like lily's co-parenting with ryle and then she runs into atlas and she's like okay we can have a relationship now i'm like no Ugh, but yeah so anyway so like that's that's it ends with us um it's a tough one and i think it's gonna be uh, interesting as a movie because aren't they making a movie or yeah they were and then they, they were i don't know if they, they are, are anymore but they were definitely making a movie um i will say that from what i had read colleen hoover actually based this a little bit on what she had witnessed between her own parents Mm. domestic violence wise and had like gotten permission from her mother to use that as part of the novel and everything so i do to a certain extent hope that maybe this helped her work through certain things from her past and stuff like that but i gotta tell you we're five books in. I'm so sorry. We've been fucking talking forever. Um, but I just feel like the number, the amount of issues and the amount of trauma and like twists and turns that are added to these, which first of all, don't really advance the plot. They just make it insane. Mm. Um, and second of all, just give no credence to the idea of getting help for your mental health within these spaces, dealing with these horribly traumatic events is not a good message to put out 
to readers, particularly a lot of the people in like the TikTok space now who have popularized her books are young. Mm. The audience and the people who are viewing these things are younger people, and they should be aware that it's okay to be able to speak to a professional with regards to these sort of like very traumatizing experiences that happen and not have, you know, paragraphs and books that are like, no, going to therapy doesn't really help anything. All they do is rehash the same things over and over. I'm like, okay, Okay. I don't think we, this sounds like somebody who went to therapy once didn't get anything out of it after one session and then decided they were never going again. Well, even Ryle says like, oh, this is like, it, Therapy doesn't work on me or something. Oh, God. Okay, I hate that. Like, I really don't like that messaging at all. So with those sorts of things in mind, you can write about, like, dark things. I like my romance a little bit lighter, personally. I prefer the rom-com sphere. But whatever, if this is what you like and you prefer romantic drama, that's fine. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that you should still, no matter how old you are, keep in mind that this is fiction. Yeah. um, And that for ordinary people in the real world going through this, these events would more than likely be much more traumatizing. And they cannot be fixed by rekindling or starting a new relationship. Just be aware of that. Because that's a really dangerous message to put out into the world. Totally. And I I think that's my beef with a lot of these. Like, it's, you cannot solve your trauma with another relationship or by going back to the relationship that caused you trauma to begin with. Like, No, No, not at all. It's unhealthy. Don't do it. Um, Okay, God. Yeah, we've been talking about this for way too fucking long. Thank you very much for having come on this whole journey with us. If you're still here, we really appreciate it. And for joining us for this first really crazy month, like week of the month of December. It's going to get a little bit lighter from here, I promise. Um, but if you want to talk to us about any Colleen Hoover books or if you've like read other ones that you are interested in or even like you know you'd want us to talk about take a look at all that kind of jazz you can let us know over on Instagram threads and TikTok at fully booked CA and you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better but until next week guys keep on reading thanks everyone <laughs>